Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more with over 122 million parts. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Reality Sports Online. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. Joined, as always, by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF. And today on the show, we have Jeremy Broen at Dynasty Madman. He is the host of the Dynasty Trace HQ podcast, and we're going to be talking Dynasty Startups with him but before we get into that i gotta tell you guys about a contest we are doing we're doing a giveaway for a cam acres autographs helmet right now all you need to do is subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash fantasy pros take a screenshot submit it to fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest that's fantasypros.com slash dynasty contest and you are entered in do it as soon as possible this ends at the end of may and don't forget that youtube is the best way to experience this episode and all of our other episodes all you got to do go to youtube.com slash fantasy pros this podcast um along with everything else pods quick hitting videos live streams is on our YouTube. Uh, please subscribe if you like our content because it really helps us out and, and click the bell to get notified for our latest content so you don't miss any of our podcasts at all. Fitz, how was your weekend and uh, how is everything in your world, my friend? Uh, it was a good weekend, Bog. Survived a bachelor party weekend for my cousin uh, that included 36 rounds of golf. I'd not played 36 holes in a single day uh, for quite a while. So live to tell the tale and... Um, you know, survive the weekend, but I need a weekend to recover from my weekend. I bet, you know, the, the, the older we get, the longer in the tooth, the uh, more recovery time we need. The, the recovery time's worse than the partying uh, in terms of time. Jeremy, welcome to the show, man. Happy to have you here. Uh, how have you Thank been? You. Did you get past the draft and, and you survived? You're still ticking? Yes, yes. I went to it last year because it was in Cleveland and um, that, that was actually year. really fantastic. But I went to it with a friend of mine um, who goes to everything, tries to get front row at concerts and all that. So I, I waited as long as we spent at the draft, I feel like, just to, to get to the front, get to the front and then get down later to, you know, the red carpet area for the end of the the second um, uh, second day. It was really cool. So I didn't go to Vegas with the crazies that did that, but um, it was it was fun to watch it at, at home. And I'm kind of glad I did actually watched part of the uh, first round with some friends. 
half of it and the kids were with me and they can't hang for very long. So I finished <laughs> it at home and, and I'm glad I did because so many players were slipping. It just became, uh, I don't know, I, we were cringing along with the players that were slipping and I kind of, I think we kind of expected quarterbacks to do that, but there were just, it was just a, uh, it's, it's nice to just sit and take it, take it in at home and, and relax. And of course the, the next two nights after the first night, it's, uh, you know, takes forever. You can't really do it anywhere. Yeah. You know, just do it. At- it's the the draft is always it's I think it's my favorite sporting event of the year, and, which is crazy to say because it's not even there's no score. You know, it's just reading off names pretty much. But the excitement and yeah. the impact of, of all the players and everything and the crazy trades we had this year. I don't know if anything's going to be a Vegas uh, draft with all kinds of trades. Pat didn't even know that A.J. Brown was traded until after the first round because he was in Vegas. And yeah, it's tough died. to get reception, right? Yeah, with that too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, in the theater, they do not announce the picks. Well, they excuse me, they announce the picks. They don't announce the trades. So all of a sudden, someone else is on the clock and you don't know what yeah. happened, what sort of maneuvering went on. It's like an information dearth, even though you are at ground zero of you know the draft. It's, it is crazy. You would think they would flash up something on the screen, at least this pick traded for blah 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 it would be or they so would have easy like man the nfl network broadcasts in front of you somewhere up there it just doesn't make a lot of i sense. think they did that in cleveland too now that you mention it all of a sudden you know the browns are on the clock or whatever or somebody else is and they kept you know trading it and it was a surprise and of course you're trying to get on twitter to see what's going on because <laughs> everybody has it first there but um yeah i i now that you say that i i believe they did that last year too and there's got to be no reception because there's 250,000 people at this thing like all yeah. the time. It's like, you know, yes. uh, it's like a giant parade. It's it's almost like a winning the Super Bowl parade, except for, you know, all 32 teams show up. Oh, yeah. Before. Every, every but, team. Yeah. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about Dynasty startups and yes. uh, approaching the draft. So, Jeremy, you are obviously uh, great to be on here with us as host of the uh, Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the podcast and any other work you're doing? Yeah, the Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. My friends, Shane Manila, Michael Sipes, we've been doing that for at least four years now. Um, they, they make a joke like for it's been forever, but it's cool that we forget because we still really do enjoy it. I, you know, most of the time, sometimes, you know, we, we get in little arguments or whatever, but it's kind of like you get in a, a fight with your family member. It's right. like if somebody else comes after those guys, you better believe, you know, there's gonna, you're going gonna to have to pay for that. But like we we just can't help it, you know, because we're so close. But we have a great time, a lot of trade talk, but you know, we do other things, too. We have our own shows where we talk about strategies like this, you know, at times uh, start up for Dynasty. Um, best what what to do in the offseason, all kinds of uh, top topics like that. Pat's been on a couple times. We've done plenty of uh, mock mock drafts. But we try to get into it a little differently than, you know, everybody does mock drafts. So we try to do something a little bit different um, with that. But honestly, if you want to listen to a fun podcast and you got an hour to spend, definitely tune in. Um, we have a lot of laughs and, and the guys that do the show with me are awesome. Both Mike and Shane. First rule of fantasy. It's got to be fun. That's, yeah, that's no, the first it, rule of fantasy yeah. for my for my book, right? Yeah, it's got to be the, fun. Dynasty Trades HQ is nothing if not a fun podcast. These guys, uh, no, and it is great. If you are a hardcore Dynasty player, like you want to listen Thank to you. that show because these these guys have been doing it for a while. Their expertise shows, uh, and they're funny about it. I mean, it's like a, a very fun podcast. 
let's get into it here. Let's talk about mm-hmm. approaching uh, a dynasty startup here. You know, you're in the offseason now. You're gathering up the people to start your league. We're not going to go too much into rules. This is more about draft strategy and, and that kind of stuff. Sure. But, of course, you know, uh, if, any, if anybody has rules, uh, we're uh, Pat and I are available on stages on our Discord. Uh, I'm there every single Monday night at uh, 8 Eastern. So you guys can check us out there. But let, let's get into it here, Pat. And what is your emphasis to start? Do you like to go with a um, with a three-year window, which is a lot of things you hear. You hear a lot of people say, hey, you know what? Screw the youth. I'm going to win today. I want to acquire vets. I want to get in and get out. I mean, a lot of dynasty leagues, a lot of leagues in general, they stay open for a little bit. Too many people quit, and they, they fold up. So that, to me, is kind of always the first thing that I think of, Pat. So when you're looking at it, are you going in with a certain mindset, or is it a BPA? Is it a three-year window? Is it a win now? What are you looking at? I am generally trying to win a dynasty league in year two. Um, that's kind of how I'm like I'm leaning towards youth, but I don't want to be in a rebuild from the start where I'm drafting all rookies and and waiting, you know, two or three or four years for my championship window to open. I kind of want to go, um, you know, with a, a tilt towards youth and, you know, hopefully be competitive in year one, but mainly be ready in year two. Guys whose value is going to appreciate um, quite a bit from the first year to the next. What do you think, Jeremy? Are you in that window as well? The yes. kind of win in year two uh, and and all of that? Year, year one, too. Not not just to go in and, and try to win and leave because we've all been in leagues where that ha- has happened <laughs> in the past. Typically now that that's not as much of a problem. It, it, and hopefully not everyone's trying to do the same thing. But I think you can have the best of both worlds by doing it, just like Pat said. Um, you know, you don't have to set yourself up for just, you know, I want to win now it's year one or, or bust, but, but certainly aiming for year two, no reason why you might not be able to win it in year one. Um, I like to tier or stagger my, the ages of my players, not go for all young players. And, you know, I've got all my favorite players because then you might not be winning until, you know, year 12, it just depends, you know, you're going to be taking the long, long way. I think you need to go after the best players. I think that's what this is about. And, you know, not, not necessarily even having to do player evaluations, but I, it wouldn't be fun for me if I didn't try to build a great team with the best players. And you know what? People got out on Tom Brady a little too soon, didn't they? I mean, we, we were talking about we got three, out on him oh, 10 years ago. Three. Yeah, yeah exactly. His, <laughs> his three years just keep on coming. I, I think I think players tend to to move or owners tend to move away from players a little too quickly. I think it works well at, for running backs because after year 26, age 26, rather, 27, 28, I mean, you're talking about dec- there's definitely a decline. But with certain positions, tight end, quarterback, uh, those guys can play for a long time. You don't have to worry as much. So you can just get the best guys. And then especially at tight end, I think you need to do that. Get one of those top three players if you can. And then you can always – well, you're always going to be struggling to find the replacements anyway, but at least you have one of them. And you're not just – finding replacements for, you know, the best tight end. So I like to win, but not just, you know, like a redraft player. I like to go for the younger players that are peaking now or about to, if you think that there's more yet to come for some of these younger players, you know, like say Jonathan Taylor, you know, you want to get in, get a good, good young running back. Well, he's at the top and he's also young. So it's not like you're going after Derrick Henry and trying to get his last year. So I think you can really have all of that, uh, but it all depends on how other people start. 
you can have your philosophies, late round quarterback that works well. I think that you have to be fluid with it because you don't know what everyone else is doing necessarily in the draft, what their strategies are. You can't have everybody, you know, um, waiting on running backs, um, you know, zero running back or late round quarterback. I, I, it's nice to, to think of all those different ways you can approach a draft, kind of keep them in your back pocket, but basically be fluid and, and have, have a plan and hopefully come away with an elite quarterback in the first round, unless you're drafting later in the first round and you might not be able to do that. Um, then you can get one of the elite players at another position and, and get the quarterback in round two, maybe a tier below that, get a couple of those guys. So I think you can always come out of a startup from any position with a good team, but you definitely have to pivot off of what everyone else is doing. You got you got to mock a lot too, because like you said, everybody's got a plan. Uh, but it's the old Mike Tyson. Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? right? right. So if, you, if, if you don't plan for something, or if you don't have, uh, you know, the strategy in the back of your mind of I got to take X, Y, or Z, then sometimes you're going to get thrown off. Pat, let me ask you about that. Are you approaching? Every draft, I mean, obviously there's changes in formats and stuff, but if we're talking about a one quarterback league, that's PPR and it's two RBs, three wide receivers, tight end, flex, kicker D. Are you approaching it the same time, the, the same style every draft, or does it depend on where your draft spot is? If it's auction, is there something different or is it just, look, these are the players I like. I want to make sure I try to get them kind of regardless. I mean, I'm generally taking the same sort of age approach where I'm trying to focus on youth and, and do that year two thing. But I think the approach changes somewhat depending on the value of uh, things positionally. And, um, you know, I kind of want to turn that back on you guys and ask, like, you know, do you tend to be wide receiver heavy or running back heavy in your builds? Because I think sometimes it's a little easier to to build like a stable base if you go for wide receivers because we know they age tend to age a little bit better uh have more longevity and i think um matt kelly and his troops over at playerprofiler.com have found that the age apex for running back is 24.7 i mean these guys age out of the league so quickly you know i mean you've got guys turning 26 and all of a sudden we're worried about the end of their careers being dead ahead. So, um, but at the same time, you need running backs. You got to slot those right. guys in. And if you, if you decide you're going to just totally eschew those guys in the early rounds, then suddenly you're going to be dumpster diving at running back and you're not going to be that great. And you're, you're going to be playing catch up there. So, um, I mean, how, how do you guys handle that? Does that kind of depend for you on how the, the startup draft falls or are you generally, trying to be stronger at one position than, or emphasize one position more so than the others. For, for me, uh, I know I'm taking RBs first still. And it's because the, you know, like you said, Pat, sure. You know, they don't last as long, but you still, you have to have them. You have two spots on there plus a flex plus you need some depth. So I just, I want to get out ahead. If I'm picking first, my pick every single time is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Uh, so that is just going to be how it is. Cause he's our number one running back. He's young. Uh, he's in a run first team because they have an older quarterback in Matt Ryan and a solid defense. So for me, it's always going to be JT if I have the one, one. Um, but I understand wanting to take wide receivers because they last longer and the investment is better. I just think we're, we're kind of, you know, wide receivers are fairly cheap right now. 
uh, even upper echelon uh, wide receivers are fairly cheap compared to running backs, at least. So for me, I'm still uh, hammering running backs where I've kind of waffled on this a little mm -hmm. bit, but I, it seems like I'm always running out of RB. So I want those yep. really good ones at the front. Jeremy, are, you're the same way. It, it's RB still over wide receivers, or does it change on depending on what's going on? I try not to alter the the overall theme of that much because I used to do it differently. I used to spend most of my assets, most of, you know, use my equity to get wide receivers. And I would just have a, a ton of them and I, you know, and then backups to them. And I'd have like a couple of great running backs and then just backups from other teams and just, you know, um, especially in leagues when you, where you only have to start one. So, but come to find it's what much more difficult to replace a great running back than it is to replace uh, like a middling wide receiver. I mean, all year long off the way, off waivers, you, you find wide receivers that are, that are valuable that you can, you know, there's just there, every team's rolling out three wide and four wide sets. There are just so many wide receivers. So my thing now is to definitely try to get an elite running back as early as I can. Um, a couple of those guys so that I don't have to worry, but, but my tendency really is toward an elite tight end because then I can plug Kelsey or Kittle or, you know, whoever the next man is, the next man up is, I can plug them in and I don't have to worry about that, you know, 16 weeks out of the year. It's just because I'm not qualified to tell you what tight ends are going to do from week to week. I try sometimes figure it out, <laughs> analyzing who to start, but I tend to fail as much as I succeed with doing that. I feel like it's just kind of a riddle that I can't solve. So I love it's to have that elite at. tight end and they're so valuable if you need to trade one. People are willing to pay for them, especially as we get into more and more popular tight end premium leagues. Um, but yeah, running back. And I play in a lot of leagues with different scoring. So to make things interesting, you know, two quarterback super flex, right? Or two quarterback where, where you're using more of those um, players from the pool. And then sometimes um, uh, like a point per carry league is what I'm trying to get out of my mouth here. A point per <laughs> carry league, because then you want the bell cow running backs. And yet, as we know, it's kind of a, um, they're, they're falling by the wayside. There just aren't as many of them. And so you need to go early on a, on a top shelf running back. If you're planning to get one that you can count on. And I think that's a good approach. If I can come away with an elite tight end, um, and one of the best quarterbacks in a super flex league out of those top two rounds, I, I'm fairly comfortable from that point forward, because if you can get, even if it's Justin Herbert, if you get a young guy like that, that you're going to have forever and you get, you know, George Kittle, let's say, or Kelsey a few years ago, and you just plug those two guys in for years to come. Um, I, I feel like you're building a house, the better the foundation. Why take risks in the first couple of rounds? And we know people that do that. They want their favorite player or a player that maybe hasn't hit that apex yet. And they're, and they're reaching a little bit. I don't, I don't feel like you should ever do that in the first couple rounds, unless maybe you're in a league with buddies that, you know, you just started, you're going to be in it forever and you want all your favorite players. You know, I'm sure that could be fun, but you're not going to win. I like Jeremy just with the nicest way of saying, unless you're playing in the shallow end, we're not taking risks. So <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, it's, you put that very nicely. I thought much nicer than I would have. So uh, I call them Ruben boob leagues. You know, the, yeah. the, 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 when, when you're with your buddies, you know, they're not listening to a podcast like this. They're grabbing the magazine. Uh, you know, uh, they, they come in somewhat uninformed it is, I guess, uh, what I would say, I love but, it. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's you just the way it. some of those leagues go. But, uh, I got to tell you guys about Wealthfront, And as the saying goes, don't gamble, uh, what you can't afford to lose with all the high risk investment options out there today. One of the safest bets you can make with your money is a long-term 
automated investment account like Wealthfront. The secret to Wealthfront's performance is great software. It's built to make it easy, rewarding, and yes, even delightful to build your long-term wealth. Wealthfront's automated trading optimizes your portfolio based on your own risk settings, helping you reach your financial goal without lifting a finger. You will also get an automatic tax break that can boost your returns even when the market dips, kind of like a bonus coupon you can redeem at tax time. Uh, you can go uh, with Wealthfront's expert-built portfolios, including a socially responsible option that's designed around sustainability, diversity, and equity, or you can build your own portfolio with their curated uh, selection of funds. Wealthfront is trusted with over $27 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. And uh, Investopedia just named them their best robo-advisor uh, for 2022. Pretty amazing considering that it is May right now, and they've already won an award for 2022. Go to Wealthfront.com slash Dynasty to get started today. Uh, Pat, on that subject um, of, you know, going after tight ends and tight end premiums, uh, I, I think we just saw an example of why you want to invest in tight ends earlier with this draft class, right? Because we all want to have a good tight end, and you think, man, there are some great options for fantasy coming out. And there are some good ones still that came out, but Trey McBride ended up in a bad spot in Arizona sitting behind Zach Ertz. That was our number one tight end. Greg Dolkich went to Denver behind Albert Aquabunum. And Russell Wilson hasn't really been known to throw the ball to a tight end a ton. Um, and a couple of these He's other guys to see him. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, I'm not going to make fun of short guys as a five, nine guy here. So uh, we're not going to have I mean, that. There's gotta be a reason uh, he doesn't throw to the tight end. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Over the middle. Probably, I don't know what it is. Uh, maybe he's just never had really great ones. They've all been okay. Well, the Ravens go out and get Charlie Kohler. Great. But you've already had Mark Andrews there and they took Isaiah likely. So there weren't, a, there's not a lot of good options to fix that. This draft. I think every year you get running backs, wide receivers, usually quarterbacks. We only really had one this year, uh, which has been an issue, but uh, for tight ends, we really didn't get much. So I think it it has an emphasis even more on tight ends. And um, there's a lot of leagues moving towards tight end premium, Pat. So uh, are you a invest in tight end uh, early guy or is it becoming more out of necessity and not necessarily a strategy you would like to employ? My strategy on this has shifted um, largely because of what Jeremy was talking about earlier with the, uh, you know, pay up and, and get something proven. Like I have had a lot of failures trying to hit the, um, the middle class of tight end. Like if I'm either going to pay up or I'm going to dumpster dive, there's like no in between. And I have had some miserable experiences trying to hit youthful tight ends in the past. I mean, there was one startup a few years ago where I got both, uh, like, and spent pretty significant startup capital, on David Njoku and OJ Howard. And I mean, that set my franchise back years. Yeah. Like I, I was in a rebuild right from the start after whiffing on those <laughs> two. I mean, I've had so, a couple of OJ Howards. Do. I was so in, I pushed all the chips in on OJ Howard and it did not pan out. And I was Njoku. And I mean, that entire class of the, the best, what, what was the other the third tight end that year? Wasn't there a third? Yeah, there was, there was someone else who was pretty good in kind that of class. Like, meh, they yeah. didn't do what you expected. And, and that's, I mean, that's Noah fan TJ Hawkinson were uh, super high and they're middling, you know, uh, I'm not going to be like Pat and say the middle class is drying up, not only in real life, but also in the tight end world here. But, uh, right. you know, <laughs> the, uh, the they are the, the, the middle uh, era. So you have like your top four or five guys. And then after that, it's pff, take a shot, throw a dart, 
something, take a young yeah. guy, take a Dallas Scott or whoever, you know? Uh, so it's kind of been, uh, drying up in that respect. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Superflex here. Um, you know, versus one QB. So Jeremy, if you're doing a startup right now, you want it to be Superflex because it seems like as an industry we're moving more towards Superflex being a standard. I don't know if it ever will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people are hard to adjust, uh, especially uh, people in those in those leagues that we were talking about before that show up on draft day with a magazine. They don't really want anything different. They want what they've usually seen before. So, mm-hmm. um, what do you think? If you're starting up right now, do you want it to be Superflex? Or are you okay? doing either one do you have a preference and also let's throw a tight end premium in there are you adding that to start because um you know some of these tight ends are rough take or leave tight end premium i can explain that why in a minute i mean i'm fine with it i like it it just makes especially for me when i'm trying to get that guy anyway at the top of the draft i'm trying to get kelsey kittle Pitts, somebody like that right now in a startup um and and i agree also with what pat said about like it's just why, why go for the middle tight ends? There are so many guys on the list that are all pretty much like a point away from each other. There's no need to do that. Just wait and take a shot on some of the rookies late. I do that in the third and fourth round. I think and your listeners should come away with Kate Otten and Jeremy Ruckert. Not bad situations. Both guys are amazing blockers, super strong guys, um, good hands. Going to be on the field. They're going to get on the field sooner because they need them to block. And as silly as that might be, as as sort of intuitive and obvious as that might sound, those are the guys that are going to be able to catch the ball um, and because they have the opportunities as they're on the field. But back to Superflex, I think that's the most fun way to do it. I'll play in a one-quarterback league somewhat reluctantly now. If it's if it's a home league, it won't bother me as much. You know, I'm there for the draft and all the other things. But in a dynasty league, I'd like it to be Superflex. My first dynasty league, I kid you not, was a two-quarterback league. And it was just opportunity. It was just somebody was starting one. I like the rules and the point scoring, and I thought, you know, this is interesting. I, I want to do a dynasty league, and so, and it's still going. It's a two quarterback league, and that really made me like it, and then appreciate Superflex. First of all, you're, you're never tapping into all the quarterbacks, the the wealth at that position, the highest scoring one in most leagues, when you're only drafting twelve of them that matter. Right. I mean, you know, I can have t- two quarterbacks. You know, twenty four deep. You have two great quarterbacks. Um, in a one quarterback league, nobody wants to trade for them. Um, it's just kind of a, it's, it's just, I don't want to say watered down. That's really not the right analogy, but it's, um, it's just, it's a useless position almost. It, it, it's not, you're not trying to optimize it. And I think some of the things that you're asking about, like um, tight end premium, you're optimizing the way the league is. And when we start, start up new leagues, like we do a couple of Ohio leagues here, we're starting up another one, live drafting league, number one fun feature to have is that everybody gets together even for the rookie drafts to draft live um mixing up the scoring a little bit and the settings um if you can have a flexible league start up to two quarterbacks one to six running backs wide receivers tight ends it it gives people an opportunity to find value across the board draft players they like uh you know you're not diluting it to the point where the best players aren't valuable but it gives you more flexibility in setting your lineup. Now I can do the two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end, super flex league. But I, there are so many neat things you can do with scoring and settings to keep league uh, a new, a different startup that you're doing. You know, I, I can't start up ten leagues every year, right? I'll have way too many. I've already cut back. But if we, if you were to start up a league, you guys came to me and asked me to join. I first thing I'm going to ask is the scoring. Is it super flex? Those kinds of things. And you know, you know, people are probably going to stay in it when 
they have players that they can use. And when with flexible starting lineups, I totally didn't mean to go down this rabbit hole. There's so no, no, no. This is what we want. When you don't limit yourself for one quarterback, two running backs, three three wide receivers, and you know it, it puts parameters around it. There are people that like that rigidity. I just don't think it's fun to be in leagues like that. With the more freedom you can give to your league in rules in trading all year round just like an open market i think the better fewer people leave that they appreciate you're treating them like adults uh, we've learned over the years that the the more flexible and open the better people are still going to lose you can only have one trophy winner right that's right um but you're in a dynasty league you want to win it more than once and you want to you want everybody else to stick around too you, you're building that Brady dynasty. And yeah, I, I like, I like how you ended that there. The more flexibility you give to your league mates, the more they're going to want to stick around because you're not rigid. It's not, you know, uh, Oh, well we have to do X, Y, or Z. I mean, this is, you know, where everyone who knows me knows I'm going to uh, pine for some IDP being more of a regular thing. because yeah. I uh, love, we're missing the whole side of the ball guys like that that's that's the thing that bothers me um you know we're missing the whole side of the ball you would never draft a pitching staff in baseball right uh it's not something you would do so i don't like uh team defense uh but i also don't like kickers and kickers are a big part of <laughs> i want to so, like idp more than i do and i think it's because i'm not as great at it as i am with offense um i've struggled a bit like i know the best players coming out like you that the um, top heavy class we had, you you knew the and best crushes, players, yeah. but they don't all translate like, and it's, it's tougher yeah. for me to identify that honestly than, than it is on offense. And I, I've struggled a little bit to the point where I've brought in defensive coordinators. I do like both sides <laughs> of the ball. And I think it's important. I like those drafts where you're picking up the defensive players and, and, but I need somebody that has, um, greater insight to keep it fun and so in the i i learned i need a i'm a dc in a couple leagues yes. yeah uh, I, I, i'm a dc in a couple leagues for sure so. he's really my co-coach yeah <laughs> i mean let's be yeah, real assistant but. head coach defensive coordinator yes. you know yeah that that's that's how it goes for sure uh pat when you're starting up uh i i think i think the general rule is we like super flex uh, just in general here. Um, are, are you a super flex to start guy or are you uh tight end premium? What do you want to do if you're, if you were starting one today that had to get started, which way are you leaning? I'm a super flex guy for sure. And I know some people are really set in their ways about one quarterback and I'm not going to like dog on those people. I know, uh, you know, Jeremy's co-host Shane is very adamant that, uh, you know, super flex is the way to go and everything else is trash. I'm not quite that extreme, but here's the, the one point I would really make about super flex leagues after year one, you are just doing a rookie draft every year, rookies and, and veteran scrubs. And if you want to make that draft more fun, rookie drafts are infinitely more fun when there are quarterbacks, you know, when they, maybe not this year, but yeah, <laughs> yeah not this year, not, not this year when super flex rookie drafts and one QB rookie drafts are pretty indistinguishable. But uh, I would say that for the most part, when you're doing super flex, it really adds a lot to those rookie drafts. And like next year, especially when we're talking about maybe six quarterbacks in the first round or, or, you know, three or four in the top 10, like it's going to be much more exciting to be in one of those drafts where you've got, you know, um, it's a loaded class, especially at quarterback rookie drafts in 2023 are going to be amazing, especially in super flex. Amen. Yeah. I mean, we could get uh, a bunch of quarterbacks going in the first round this year. I mean, we could have this year, uh, but I, I, I hold to that. Uh, you know, it was almost like when everyone's deciding to check through to see the next card, 
that's kind of what it was after Pickett went. It was like all the teams are checking through. But uh, speaking of all these startups, by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's uh, time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It is not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you are among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for free, FRWE, and a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. So let's do a little bit of strategy, and then I want to talk about some players here, Jeremy. So strategy in a QB league. How many QBs should go in the first round of a 12-man super flex league? And this is different than two QBs. Two QBs, everyone has to start two QBs. I really only like two QBs if I'm doing 10-man because everyone's got to have your two starters and a backup, and that is the only way you can – everyone can have three. It is by doing a 10 man, 12 man. Now that's 36 quarterbacks. Someone's getting hung out to dry, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, on occasion every single week. So super flex is good because if your quarterback's hurt, if you don't have enough on the roster, you can play another guy, probably not going to score you as much as a quarterback. So you want more um, and they're going to go high, but how many QB should go in round one? Should we do a dynasty uh, super flex draft today? Four point or six point touchdown. I'm just kidding. I think it's the same either way. It's, <laughs> yes. I mean, there there are at least six. Um, and I asked this question, you know, some of my friends here across, you know, fantasy football leagues in the industry and, you know, our uh, former podcast guests, all kinds of people, because it's, it's an interesting question and you'll get all kinds of different answers. Six, eight, nine. Um, the, there are those that still think that, you know, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, those guys slip into the first round. Um, I know people who don't think Burrow should be there had a great season last year. So, you know, you have Josh Allen. Steelers fans? Yeah. Jo- jo- <laughs> I'm a Browns fan, buddy. So I'm a Steelers fan. Jo- <laughs> Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Justin Herbert. Um, and, and there are folks that don't, you know, think Murray's up there. Um, they think Lamar Jackson is, bro. So I think if you just go with six or eight, right, what happens to you at the end of that first round when all of those guys are gone? Are you still taking a, a quarterback that, you know, may it is definitely drop? Let's say you're, you have the 112 and that quarterback's slipping into the second round. You have back-to-back picks. You could take one of the quarterbacks that fell through. You're still, it's kind of like a first-round pick, you know, um, I have a friend who says that, you know, the 201 is basically a first round pick. I mean, you know, it's somebody that fell out of the first round. So you get that quarterback at 112 or 201. Are you taking another quarterback on that turn or an elite player that maybe is still available? I don't know, Justin Jefferson or maybe one of the running backs. Um, I I think that, you know, there are six to eight quarterbacks legitimately in in that first round. and, And I want one of them. And then, you know. You have you have thoughts to make at the end of that first round. I don't know if I answered your question, but I don't think there are as many first round quarterbacks as we sometimes see come off the board in super flex startups. I mean, you'll see I, 10 I, players. Russell Wilson sometimes sneaks in there. It's arguable. I think most of the time, though, you see the opposite of that. Uh, I think in industry leagues, you'll see, you know, people taking more QBs. Yeah. But I think people are so used to not taking QBs in the first round that, Pat, sometimes you get these quarterbacks not coming off the board. So I'll take like Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen at one 
and, and then I'm seeing running backs and wide receivers go, and I'm going, please let another top five QB fall to me in the second round because I will That's double awesome. up. Yeah, yeah, I, I it's the way to go for sure. Uh, Pat, what do you think? Is it eight QBs that that need to go there? Is it six? Is there um, just kind of based on what's happening and also just kind of a side question. Um, do you think it's fair to start a super flex league with more than 12 owners as a snake, or does that need to be auction? So everyone has a chance at all the quarterbacks. Yeah, we did a 14 team super flex, uh, last year. I I'm in that with Shane, um, Jeremy's co-host and, uh, a, a bunch of other guys and 14 is tough. I mean, my my quarterbacks were like Tua, Drew Locke, and Teddy Bridgewater. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's 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 very rough. Um, Pat is campaigning for the auction moving oh, forward. Yes, yeah, I think there's so. there's a case to be made for auction in 14 right. teams. Um, as far as how many should go in startups in the year uh, 2022, I think it should be at a minimum six. I think for sure you're going to see Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Justin Herbert go in the first five picks. Um, and then I think the other three that have to go for sure in some order, are Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and Joe Burrow. And to anyone who says Burrow is not a first-round pick, I am doing a uh, startup in a... Uh, <laughs> we have open a, spots. <laughs> a fantasy pros company startup, and it's a lot of our developers and uh, some of those guys. I picked fifth, and I took Burrow fifth. And the thing about... The thing about Lamar and Kyler, I think they're absolute first-rounders. Um, you know what you get with the running. Like, that just turbocharges their point totals. But... Yep. Are those guys even average NFL passers? I mean, like, that's kind of an open question. And if you are a great runner and you, you know, prove over time to, you know, not be a good passer, and we haven't seen Lamar or Kyler have any playoff success yet. And ultimately, that's what teams are after, playoff success. And if it's determined that those guys just aren't good enough passers to get them over the top, then those two guys are going to have Tyrod Taylor career arcs. And that's definitely not what you want if you're – sinking first round startup capital into those guys. But I, I mean, that said, I do think they are clear first rounders. And then the guys who are on the, the cusp are like, you know, um, Dak Prescott, mm -hmm. for sure. I think I, I did a mock startup where I took him at, at 112. Um, you know, maybe that's it. Like maybe you could sneak Russ in there, but I don't know. Is he kind of over the, the age curve? Probably. Um, yeah, I don't know who's – I don't think like some of the young guys like Fields, Lance, Lawrence, we don't feel good enough to get those guys all the way into the first. Um, so maybe it's just six or seven. Yeah, well, well said. Yeah, I love I love what you just said. And, and and if you can come out of it, I mean, the 10th ranked player, what, or 11th, 12th, Matt Stafford, if you can come away with that after what you said, um, getting that great player that you wanted and then – fade the quarterbacks a little bit because at that point you're getting you're not getting an elite player and you're going to get an older player if you can get russell wilson matt stafford aaron Rodgers, those guys my, aren't going anywhere next year my yeah. last strategy question Sorry. and i just have to ask this here uh is going to be uh jeremy let's say you're on the the end you're not doing an auction you're in a 12 man uh and you take you take a quarterback let's just say dak prescott your pick 112 right okay are you doubling up and taking another quarterback or if there's like a top end wideout, a top end RB on the board, are you taking them yes. or are you just saying, hey, look, I got to take my QBs. I'll, I'll worry about the running back and wide receiver fallout later. 
earlier in the draft when I know I could get like Herbert, let's say, or somebody that I really like that's young at, at the you know top of the first round. Um, if I'm at the bottom like that and I, I'm coming away with Dak either with the at the end of the, probably at the end of the first, like you just said, I'm going with a skill, an elite skill player in the second round because I'm already tapping into a big what I consider to be just a big tier of starting quarterbacks. And I'll try to come away with a few of them of them when everyone's trying to reach for uh, wide receivers and running backs then I'm going to just go in and kind of cherry pick quarterbacks. I've done that many times. Does, does that differ uh, if it's 14 to 16? Yeah. Well, I think so. Of course. Yeah. It, it would have to, because you're, you're not going to get a couple of good quarterbacks. And like you right. said, a snake on a 16. Yeah. If you were, if you're drafting at 16 and you, you know, you, it's, it has to be a snake or you're not going to get that, but then that affects all the other teams. I think you made a great case for auction drafts, which I love by the way. I think auction startups, uh, people should look into that more. You can have a, they're a, a way pain bigger league. They take forever, but they're just so much Worth more it. fair. Yeah, more fair. Yeah, yeah so much more great. fair. Are, are, are you on that same boat, uh, Pat? If you're picking at the end of a 12-man, you'll skip the second QB, take the elite player. But if it's 14 to 16, you kind of have to get that second QB. Absolutely. And in that 12-team yeah. uh, mock where I took Prescott 112, I think I took C.D. Lamb at 201. I mean, that, that seemed like the perfect stack, the two guys, and you do need to get a foothold, and there just wasn't a quarterback I liked enough to take it 201. All right, let's get into some players here. I know we, we want to make sure we talk about these guys. So, Jeremy, look, I'm going to throw maybe the hardest one out of all of them to you first. And you are the Browns fan. Your team just traded for this guy. Uh, Pat and I have talked about him many times on this show. Uh, you know, basically what I've said about Deshaun Watson is, look, you know, I, I don't want him. It's not because he's a Brown. It's not because he's not a good player. He's a great player. It's that I feel like he's just one more accusation away from going away maybe forever out of the NFL. So it makes it really difficult for me not only to draft him, but also to rank him. You know, we're making rankings for people. Right. And I don't want to make this guy too low and look silly when he's a top five quarterback moving forward. But I also don't want to look silly and say he's top five quarterback and then he never plays another down in the NFL again. Uh, I think both of these are, you know, situations that are within the realm of possibility. Sure. So what what is your strategy on Deshaun Watson? And, you know, uh, I've said this many times. We're not here to be the moral police. If you don't like Deshaun Watson, yeah. it, don't take him on your team. It, like I said, right. first rule of fantasy is fun. If you fun. can't enjoy rooting for a player, don't take him. Whoever it is, doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, so anyway, Deshaun Watson and, and his off the field stuff causing him a bag, big, big problem. What, what are you doing with him? Right My now? take on it's much different than it used to be. Um, I, I think I moved him for Jared Goff in a third round pick at one point, right? <laughs> Early on two years ago, right? We're talking like yeah. when this broke and, you know, he missed a season. Generally, I don't do things like that, but I was pretty concerned about that. And I, I still want to kick my own butt because I did that. But um, I don't want to get into, you know, what he's done, but just the fact that the Browns brought him in, that's a really smart cerebral front office and trust me this is the first time i've ever said that about the browns front office <laughs> i mean over the years the three of us could have done a better job of managing a football team from the Probably. you know from the top right there couldn't um, have done worse you, right you 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 couldn't have done worse by trying you know if you tried to lose that's what i don't get they, were they trying to lose because you almost couldn't it's 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 inconceivable that it, that could happen for so long but i think watson definitely top 10 quarterback he's been a top five guy I'm no longer concerned about the legal part of it. Maybe he misses some time. Uh, he, he, you know, maybe it's a year. I don't think so. I think we're past that, and I think the Browns front office pretty much knows the what I want the 
the peak of what could happen to him, the worst case scenario. And I don't think they would have done what they did, paid what they paid and given him that contract. If they, So I'm assuming that he's going to play at some point and then you need to draft him in a startup in the first 10 quarterbacks. I mean, that's, I think, a given. But I'm making that assumption, right? Baseline right. is that he's going to play. If you're concerned about it, I mean, there are other quarterbacks to draft. I, I think we're past that. I hope those things... I hope it was a smear campaign, but with stuff like that, you know, with all the people involved, it's it's crazy. And I, I try not to talk about the subject itself, but the sure. fact that he wasn't playing, he 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 was had a year off. He's in peak physical condition. Um, you know, he still practiced. I think he's ready to step on the field and and be great for us in fantasy football. And so that's how I'm approaching it. That he's going to be there. And the situation's fluid, Pat. I mean, it could change tomorrow. So, and with new information, opinions change, of course. So, no, I don't think anyone is going to hold your feet to the flame uh, if if you draft Deshaun Watson or if you're suggesting to draft Deshaun Watson because the talent's there. Uh, you know, so Pat, are you doing uh, what? What is your take on on Watson? Are you is he a guy on your list? Is he not on your list? Or are you putting him in there and hoping you don't have to take him? Like, what, what's what's your strategy with Watson? Yeah, I mean, setting aside any moral threshold you might have for for drafting players, and I think for the most part, let's face it, most fantasy managers do not have much right. of a moral threshold. Like we might be repulsed personally, but um, you know, we trying want our fantasy money, teams to, to win. Friend. I exactly. think beating your friends is more important than winning the money, but you know, that's, that's, that's my. <laughs> I mean, ego I think speaking. you're right. <laughs> yeah, and and so you know, as uh, Jeremy said, I think with all the cases that are on the table are civil cases and there's nothing on the table as far as criminal cases. So you, you know that the Browns have done their due diligence in this and have a pretty good indication that there's not going to be anything coming criminally. Um, you know, not a, a slam dunk that there couldn't be at some point in the future, but um, yeah. And so he's going to go, I agree with Jeremy that he should be one of the first top uh, one of the first 10 quarterbacks taken and really given his, performance history um you know he's been a top five guy every time he's played a full season so yeah, yeah you're getting a discount because of the outside stuff the accusations and um you know maybe it's potentially profitable to take that discount the the hardest thing about this for me is that it's not just Watson that is affected by Watson's stuff and a potential suspension. It's Amari Cooper. It's David and Joku. Yeah. It's the run game. Like the whole offense Absolutely. is affected because they're going to be going down to Jacoby Brissett, most likely, unless, you know, they don't get rid of Baker and no one can see that happening. They, that, that bridge seems to be completely burned, but that's, you know, uh, that's for later. We'll talk about those guys later. Uh, Jeremy, what about uh, Trey Lance, Justin Fields? Like we, we've Great seen, question very little about uh, of both of these guys and the bears got a lot of um you know a lot of they caught a lot of flack for not giving fields weapons which is what the packers have done with rogers he's become upset um but they have way more needs the packers have always kind of just needed wide receivers in a couple other spots and just have refused to take one in the first round they didn't seem to get him the weapons uh trey lance still has jimmy g on the roster mm -hmm. jimmy g just took this team to the nfc championship uh, you know, he has some injury stuff, but they paid so much to move up to Trey Lance. It's hard to believe that he wouldn't be their week one starting quarterback this year, but we're just not sure. So there's a lot of gray area with both of these players. Um, are, are you in or out on uh, Lance and Fields? I think you need to be in on both of them. I did hear a weird rumor through the industry. I can't remember who said it now and where they got it. But at the time, I was like, oh, wow, that's that's some insider trading information right there that <laughs> that that 
players don't that some players don't think as highly of Trey Lance as you might expect. Um, but Justin Fields is, is that the Debo thing where Debo mainly wanted to get out because he didn't want to play with Trey Lance? I, I, I think that could have something to do with it. Uh, I'm not going to go there. I think you know they did pay a lot for Trey Lance. Listen, there were our our opponents, you know, in our leagues thought highly of Trey Lance drafting him before Fields. The NFL did the same thing. I'm very high on Justin Fields. More familiar with him, though. I think um, he's going to be probably. I think he's going to be the best one from the class. So at some point, we'll be looking at this class and say Justin Fields was the best quarterback. But even if not, um, I think you buy Justin Fields. First of all, I don't, the cost is not that high from what I've seen and, and Trey Lance, I, I, you know, probably a little bit higher, but he didn't play at all last year. So you really look, you know, they didn't know what they had had in him yet. I think you're taking the slow approach there, but I, I think you acquire both of them. I think you have to just based on what you expect the ceiling to be in this game we play. Um, you know, it's not a great, we all have quarterbacks on our rosters we've paid for. Some of them are older, right? Um, you, you have to pay for quarterbacks. So I think you acquire both of those players. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think I'm more on Lance than I am Fields. I think Fields is a better QB, but I think Lance has a better weapons around him, the better offense, and, and it's more proven with Shanahan. I think they're going to score more. So I like Lance a little bit more, and yeah, I like Fields. Makes sense. Uh, Pat, where where do you stand on these QBs? So I'm kind of with you, Boggs. Um, it is all about the ecosystems, and the 49ers have a very healthy ecosystem. And, yeah, I've heard the rumors that the organization has been underwhelmed with what they've seen by Lance so far. But, hey, it's a, a young guy who didn't play even a lot of college games and right. hasn't really gotten much NFL experience yet. But they did the smart thing. They, they took the Patrick Mahomes approach with Trey Lance and gave him a red shirt uh, first year in the NFL. Yeah, smart. And now they're going to, yeah, now they're going to plug him into a, an offense where he's got great weapons, a really strong offensive line. And I think he's set up and he's going to smash as a runner. I mean, he's such a lethal runner. Um, yeah, he's not going to be a great passer right off the bat, but that's just going to be gravy. Anything he gives and you, Lamar as a passer. Jackson won a unanimous MVP <clears throat> as a rough passer. Really? Yeah. Know? Yeah. So, and yeah. meanwhile, with fields, I, I think, uh, I agree with Jeremy. I think he maybe was the most talented passer to come out of, uh, the 2021 draft, but, uh, I was just talking to Dave Richard of CBS about this and, and Dave's a bears fan. And he made the point that like, you know, they're just tanking. It looks like the Bears are tanking. They just haven't put anything around fields. And is this organization, if they do finish uh, with a three and 14 record and have a top three draft pick next year, like, are they committed to fields or are they maybe going to go for CJ Stroud or Bryce Young? And, uh, you know, this was not the front office that drafted Justin Fields. Right. And, you know, then that's it'll be good s- news for Fields because it won't be a quarterback. Right. Yeah, but it ain't going to be a wide receiver either. It's going to be Will Anderson if they're picking one overall. So I'm probably, nice. right. When you can you get know. the next Lawrence Taylor. Exactly. But right. I mean, the, the thing about Fields that like if that's the case and they do move on from him and decide to trade him like. I mean, it would look be a bad look for the organization, but it's not the end of Fields career. However, his career will have sort of been set back like two years and, and all of a sudden, you know, you have to sort of downgrade the overall, the overall value package that you get with fields. So I'm, I'm definitely more on Lance than fields. Let's go rapid fire on, on these last couple here. Uh, so I'll bounce back and forth between you two guys. Uh, CMC, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Jeremy in or out, out, out just because just in dynasty the age. age. Yeah. yeah. The mileage. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I love him. I, I I'm fine owning him, but, I think you have to get out while they're getting good. 
uh, I, I'm still in. I just can't turn away the talent. Just the 30 point running back is just impossible for me to turn away. I'm, I'm, I wish I could quit you, CMC. I can't do it. Pat, <laughs> where are you at on CMC? I feel you. So, I, like, I want to say I'm in, but for practical purposes in that 14 team league I was talking about, I traded uh, Christian McCaffrey for three first round picks, uh, two this year and one next year. And at the time, someone in that league said, Oh, it really is that all you got for Christian McCaffrey? And then two weeks later, huh. he was basically out for the season. So, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, like, I don't know. I mean, in a startup, if if like people are really fading him, I could see taking him and then maybe I step on the accelerator a little more and try to mm -hmm. be more aggressive in, in your one. But that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, out as in I'm not going after him and paying for him. I'm going to try yes. to do what Pat yeah. did and get as much as I can a haul, hopefully for him. Now. Yeah. And I, but in a I would up different. Yeah. Yep. I would echo Jeremy on that. Pizza Pia traded him for uh, Javante Williams, and I was upset in one of our straight leagues. up. So straight up, straight yeah. up. So I, wow. it, it could be good. Like it's it's not unfair, but I'm a CMC guy, so I, I was upset. I'm also a Saquon Barkley guy. Uh, 25 years old. Guys had injuries though, and even when he played last year, he didn't look great. Although the entirety of the Giants' offense didn't look like they were putting much effort, they made Kenny Galladay look like a jag, you know, uh, who had been a good player. Maybe he's taking a step back and whatever, but uh, it was rough in New York. There wasn't a lot of effort by anyone last season. Um, well, what do you think on Barkley? Are you are you in or out on Barkley? I'm out. You're out just and it's same it's the thing injuries with, or it's the yeah. age. Uh, really, honestly, I, I love the guy in the passing game. I don't really I never really thought he was the greatest running back, but it's the same thing with CMC. I'm just, um, you know, in a, in a slew of other guys that I, I'm fine in a startup if I can get him at the right price, but I'm not trying to trade for him in any dynasty leagues. I'm also disagreeing there. I love Barkley. I just, I, I think you could get him cheap right now, which is why I want him. And because he's had injuries, you know, there's been a little less wear on the tires, but the wear has been less because he's been hurt. I so got Pat, stuck with him in dynasty leagues. I did. I couldn't trade him. him after he got hurt. I could not trade him for anything. Yeah. I had to hold. Yeah. Might be part of yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it burns. It burns when you take a guy that high and he doesn't work out. And that's why it's difficult taking RBs that high because we know they're going to burn out at some yeah. point. I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried Barkley is on a, a Todd Gurley track, to be honest oh, with you, Boggs. And I know, like, the, at least with McCaffrey, oh, I'm, I'm confident that if he's healthy, he's going to play really well and score a lot of fantasy points. Like, I don't yes, have that right. same confidence in Barkley, who we basically saw get outplayed by Devonta Booker at times last year. Like, that's Look, I don't like it, but it's fair. You know, and there were many it's times fair. I remember uh, doing doing a show with the Welsh and he said, I saw the I was watching the Giants. And I said, man, Barkley looks explosive. He looks good. And it was Booker. And, and I was like, <laughs> right. dude, you're not wrong. Like I was watching. And I'm like, oh, there goes Saquon. Oh, my God, that's Booker. Yes. When I, did Booker get that pass? He wasn't that fast <laughs> ever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'm still in. Uh, I, I can't I can't quit him. But, you know, I, I'm. I'm the guy that holds a little too long. I know that. You know, I, I get obsessed. I hold a little too long. I probably should be getting out. But it's also Barkley, like like Jeremy mentioned, impossible to trade right now. Uh, what about Zeke? I mean, because the Zeke hate, I feel like the Zeke hate went way too far yes. last year. Yes. And then uh, now the love is coming back. Has the love come back, swung back the other way to where the love is back too much, Jeremy? Where are you at on Zeke? Over? No, I don't. I don't think. I don't think many people seem to want him. I'm in a, um, a a best ball dynasty league. I'm only in a couple of those. It's a charity league. Um, but I'm trying to trade Zeke to get back into the first round to have a pick because, like, when you're out 
in this league, you're out. Like you, you have no hope to get, you know, hopes of getting points. And I'm having trouble moving him. I mean, I tried to trade him straight up for like the 108 or something like that. Um, so I could just get a wide receiver and it didn't work out. So I, the, the same as the other running backs, just the age, the situation, I'm not trying to acquire him. I, I will happily do so in a, in a startup or something like that. But he's one of the players I own quite a bit of that I'm trying to sell right now. Uh, what do you think, Pat? You selling on, on Zeke or you holding him? Yeah, the love has not come back for me. I'm very cold-hearted towards Zeke at this point. <laughs> uh, I, he's made up uh, his mind, and he's not changing it yet. Yeah, we just haven't seen him look like the old Zeke for a while, and there is there is a lot of mileage on that odometer, Like, and we know that. And, you know, yeah. there's a, a good young running back already in place in Dallas. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not real optimistic about uh, a revival and that Zeke gets back to the point where he was, where he's putting up 17, 1,800 yards, uh, you know, right consistently 15 touched touchdowns i don't think we're going to see that again and pollard's affecting that too i mean i'm seeing oh, yeah, people love sure. him in my leagues i mean they, yeah, and, they really and, do want and mike McCarthy is almost as popular as any backup quarterback you know yeah. like like that's kind of where he is yeah um, and mike mccarthy is always rotated his backs always right yeah it, my thing with zeke is um i'm not in for him like i am for cmc and barkley where i think they could still be the peak uh, but I am in as far as what market value is on Zeke right now in terms of buying him, you know, because I think, like Jeremy said, it can be fairly low. Your offer can be low as people are looking to get out from under him um, because they think they can get a big haul back. And sometimes it's just negotiating with those people, which is to me one of the worst parts about Dynasty is the back and forth and constant bickering you have about some of these trades. But that's the process. It's what you have to do to get the, the trade done. So I like what I can buy him for. I would hate selling him after investing right now because you're not going to get anywhere close. So I think in that nature, I probably would go down with the ship because you're not going to get back enough. But I would pay for him just because market value I get it. is lower. Last RB, Jeremy. Uh, and this is one that's on a little more positive note because he is so fresh. We haven't seen him play in the NFL yet. Uh, Travis Etienne, obviously, the Liz Franck surgery last season uh, with Jacksonville. Probably the luckiest Jaguar out of all of them to not actually <laughs> really fit through the Urban Meyer nonsense Skip that as year. much or at least get on the field with, with him. Uh, he just to got sit. to kind of sit on the sideline and watch the whole thing happen like a movie, you know, with some popcorn on the yes. sideline. But the situation's also good for him in terms of uh, production, too, because Robinson blew out his uh, towards Achilles at the end of the last season. So he's going to be recovering, probably start the year on the pup, most likely, uh, even though for whatever reason, likely. the last year, it seems like ACLs have turned into six months instead of a year and Achilles have turned into nine months instead of 18 months or whatever. It turned used into to be, nine so. months instead of never play football. Again, right, right, exactly. I, it's, I mean, it's amazing. As soon as, really as soon as we saw Deontay Foreman back on the field, I was like, maybe Achilles can get fixed. He looks I, fresh, you know. So call me a believer. Um, these doctors, yeah. these surgeons, amazing. Yeah, I'm. And you're talking Travis Etienne, right? And yes, yes. I'm a buyer. I first of all, I was very high on him, and it, he kind of slipped right in the draft. Various reasons yeah. we kind of know of it, but he he fell, and um, definitely still a, a buyer. And and it's based on what you said. These players getting healthy. Um, it wasn't an Achilles. He didn't completely destroy his knee and come back. At, you know, um, and I know that Lisfranc can can linger and last, but um, I'm I'm a, I'm a buyer. I think you you need to uh, purchase you some Travis Etienne. You can ask any soldier from the French Revolution that the Liz Franck's, uh, you know, injury uh, d does hurt, but it is recoverable. Uh, <laughs> what do, what do you think about Etienne here, Pat? 
also buying uh, was always electric in the open field at Clemson. Now he's reunited with Trevor Lawrence. And uh, yeah, he got to miss that uh, Urban Meyer circus. So he's not going to have to play some stupid Percy Harvin role that he was probably going to be miscast (laughs) for. Doug Peterson is going to use him conventionally. And uh, yeah, like he's a guy I'm excited about. The Percy Harvin role always had always had one of those at Ohio State. We in Florida, we gotta we gotta get one. Uh, God, uh, yes, Th- thank you, Lord, that it is no longer Urban Meyer. Uh, how about a wide receiver? Uh, we only put one here. Spoiler alert, and no one's gonna be surprised who knows me. This is my <laughs> uh, being a Steelers fan. Uh-oh. I'm still all the way in on Juju. Guy is still only 25. He had the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger throwing in passes last year uh, before he got hurt. The year before that, he had Mason Rudolph, who was awful, and Duck Hodges throwing in passes. So I know Antonio Brown not playing there obviously affected him. But now he goes to Kansas City. He's playing with Patrick Mahomes. They drafted Sky Moore. Travis Kelsey's going to keep the middle open for him. I'm excited about what he can do here. But he's also only on a one-year deal with the Chiefs. So he may end up going, you know, somewhere with a terrible quarterback next year. So in terms of dynasty, still young, he is proven. It's taken a couple steps back, but he's as young as some of these incoming rookies uh, since he started in the league when he was 12 years old. So what do you think of Juju, Jeremy? I'm I'm by, buying Juju. First of all, he's young. He did have that incredible season. Um, you know, he started off hot. The thing with him is I believe he's better suited to the, to the slot. Um, you know, the, the, the crossers, the digs, the in routes, all the stuff where he can find the soft spot in the zone. I mean, he's very savvy. He's got great hands. He's not a, an amazing leaper to fight 50, 50 ball, but in an open and, and he's good after the catch as well. I, I, back, hope, yeah. I hope they're, they're able to use him like that, but with the other players that they, that Casey brought in, there's kind of an overlap. I'm not sure who's going to necessarily play that spot. Maybe they'll rotate him around, but I'm more confident of his abilities when he's inside like that. But I, I definitely think you have to with his youth, and he's not terribly expensive. That's the thing. As, Fitz, as young have, as he is, yeah. Fitz, have I seeped into your brain at all with Juju? Have I moved him up your boards at all because oh, I've been talking him up so much? Yeah, I mean, so I always liked him. Like for a guy to to – have the sort of production he did at such a a precocious age. And even if Antonio Brown was there, like that's not the sole reason that Juju smashed early on. Like he's a good player. He's still very young and he's got this great system now playing for Andy Reid, playing with Patrick Mahomes. The only thing is, I mean, he runs kind of a limited route tree. As Jeremy said, there's some sort of weird crossover with what uh, some of his teammates are going to be doing and and roles are going to be kind of, uh, it'll be interesting to see how things are distinguished between all the wide receivers and their roles in that offense. But I am in, uh, you know, I'm not thinking he's like a top 10 dynasty receiver or anything, but like I'm generally good vibes on Juju for 2022 and beyond. So the last one I have to ask you about here, Jeremy and, and Pat, uh, is uh, Kyle Pitts. We talked about tight ends, tight end premium leagues or not. You are in on tight ends and getting one of the top ones. Uh, for Dynasty, there's no one really close. It's Pitts and then everybody else because the guys that are so, are good are just so much longer in the tooth than exactly. Pitts is. The quarterback is rough. It's Marcus Mariota now. Maybe it's Desmond Ritter. Could be Mr. Outside Higher, as Michael Scott would uh, say. Uh, could could be him uh, at some point here for Atlanta. But uh, is is Pitts is Pitts your first? player that you want in a super flex after a quarterback is is your perfect draft 
quarterback pits. Is I, is that what it is? I'd have to say yes, because that's that's my process. It, it used to be Kittle, you know, Kelsey before that. I've gotten both of them before. So based on the way that I do it, it would be pits. Yeah. Over Andrews and the other players. I still don't know if Andrews is going to do what he did. I, I love him. But I mean, pits. I want Hawkinson. I want those young guys. Pat Fryermuth, if he can keep keep up what he's doing um, as well. Dalton Schultz came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, I want I want the the top guys and I have every year I try my best to find lower players to, that'll maybe turn into, you know, top 12 tight end uh, down the line and kind of keep them on the taxi squad if you have one or, or at the bottom of your roster. Right. Just just in case. Um, and But with Pitts, you don't have to do that. And I took him very high last year in rookie drafts. Um, I traded up to get him. Um, I, I think that he's. Yeah, upper echelon. He's the guy now. Um, and like you said, long in the tooth players behind him. Uh, they're close. I'll take them as a as a happy second. But Pitts is gonna. He's young and he's gonna play for a long time. Yeah, is that where you're at with with Pitts as well, Pat? I mean, I know there there are people that I think it's it's not the industry. It's more the public reception is well. He only had the one touchdown last year. Blah 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 blah. You know, uh, t- we all know about touchdown regression. If you played fantasy football long enough, one can turn into ten easily next season yeah. with an adjustment. So I'm, I'm all in on pits. I mean, I think you're, you you got to make it three for three here, right? Yeah. I mean, he's the tight end number one in dynasty, no question. And even though the, the quarterback situation is still kind of problematic in Atlanta, like in tight end premium, I think the only position players you consider taking ahead of him are Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. That's it. And yeah. like I, in tight end premium, I almost wouldn't, argue if you took him number one above those guys i personally wouldn't i think he'd be the fourth for me out of those four but um yeah immensely valuable in tight end premium and still really really valuable in just conventional ppr well look guys i have probably eight thousand more questions right but we are out of time. So Jeremy uh, at at Dynasty Madman on the Twitter machine, Jeremy Broen, please tell everyone uh, about all your great work, where they can find you and what you got coming up. Well, you can find me every week at Dynasty Trades HQ podcast. Uh, sometimes stream, sometimes get on YouTube. We're a little older, so we're not on TikTok. We're not, you know, we, we really do need to get, <laughs> get, get with the times. But um, and a couple other projects too, off the rails, Dynasty and off season. We do some shows there and Dynasty Radio, but that's just fun project stuff. It's really all about the Dynasty Trades HQ. Check out my friend Shane Manila, Michael Sipes, uh, my co-host on that show. Give it a listen. It's a, it's a really fun show. I had a great time with you, Pat. I can't believe I didn't even just do this to make you look good or look a little bit better. I agreed with almost everything you said tonight, um, <laughs> today, other, other than maybe a couple things we wavered, but uh, I, I was happy to see that. Yeah, that's good. Uh, that that must mean I'm doing stuff right. So I, yeah. I agree with Pat Fitzmorris. If you're, if you're agreeing with Fitz, you are definitely uh, in the right here. At Fitz mm. underscore FF Pat, what is coming up for you, my friend? Well, Jeremy, I'm going to have to make it a point to argue with you the next time I'm in your show. <laughs> We're just pick fights with you for no good reason. Come on, and, man. Uh, Shane does that. We almost got in a fist fight about Desmond Ritter beating out Marcus Mariota. I mean, that's how deep we go on that show. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Jeremy, thanks for coming on. And uh, you can find me, of course, uh, at Fitz underscore FF. Uh, we've got our best ball kit coming out on fantasy pros i'm doing position primers for that so you can see all my recommendations and fades at all the individual positions for best ball and check out the fits on fantasy show a good episode this week with dave richard of cbs uh you know we talk maybe a little football but mostly chicago pizza uh had a (laughs) conversation about jake the snake roberts good time so uh yeah you know 
this uh, I'm I'm definitely diving in on that one. Pizza and Jake the Snake Roberts. I mean, yes. you're you're in Millennial Central right here, so I, I'm all about it. <laughs> you nice. can find me on Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm of course here. You can catch me on Tuesdays on Leading Off on Discord on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Of course, I do in this league with the Welsh, where we got uh, baseball and football. Welsh has prospect one. We've got our own Patreon over there, so it's a lot of fun. Uh, I do CFP Winning Edge with Nick Allen. Uh, I do a lot of shows, so just uh, check out at Bogman Sports, and you can find me. And appreciate Jeremy coming on, and we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.